How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And how are you today? I am fantastic. Good to be in studio, man, after a long hiatus for me. Very long. Yeah. but We're in the SD4L shirt. You look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, what does that stand for? Spartan Dogs for Life. That's wow. what I am. It was, you are. Well, yeah. And what everybody out there should be. Yes, we all are. We all are. So it's love it's you guys. Nice to have everybody back this year, this yeah. week. Um, obviously, had a heartbreaker over the weekend. Yes, MSU, we did. MSU played their guts out down there in Greenville, South Carolina, playing against uh, those Duke Blue Devils. And, uh, you know, I think they gave it all they got. I think uh, when you look at the year, the way that has transpired and all the um, really everything that that's happened about um, just the inconsistencies, the questions. And uh, when you look at the last three games, when we've limited the turnovers and really the Duke game. I mean, we kind of put it together up five, five minutes left and uh, had a chance to pull it out and. Uh, you know, talent kind of took over. Jason, what are your thoughts? I mean, you just said it right there. I mean, talent was the, the name of the game uh, for the game against Duke. I think all year long, the question was who was going to be the leader. You know, we're going to get leadership out of the point guard position. You know, is it, how, how is this going to shape up? Are the seniors going to step up? Is there going to be somebody younger to step up? I think everybody stepped up in this game, but the ultimate turnout, came down to the talent at the end of this ball game. I think Michigan State fought very hard. This was a great effort. Uh, there's nothing to be uh, to hang your hats low on as far as this game is concerned. I mean, because they played their butts off in this game. But just not enough for the talented Duke Blue Devil team. And Mike Krzyzewski, who wins his 1,200th game, seems like 12 million games, uh, against Michigan State. Uh, and advances to the Sweet 16, Michigan State falls and is now out of the tournament. The subject now switches over to things that we're going to talk about later, about how do we close that gap in the talent uh, portal, so to speak. You know, Jason, there's one thing you said about hanging your head. You know, this is a championship program. We've hung many banners. You know, we don't hang our heads. We hang banners. And one thing that we've learned under Coach Ezzo is that there are no such things as moral victories. Yes, we showed up. We played phenomenal. We, we had a chance to win the game at the end. All our, all our players showed up. And, I mean, you could argue all day long, you know, were they bigger, stronger, have more talent? Were they able to drive the hole? Were they able to establish, um, you know, uh, the paint? Sure. But at the end of the day, we were up five with five minutes left. And this program, who's been a seven seed before, has gone on to a Final Four. And there's nothing that we will hang our head over. And there is nothing, no way in the world, that this program will ever accept moral victories. Ever. And so 
while we can be proud and be excited and be happy, you know, this is a championship program, and we expect nothing but the best. With that being said, though, however, uh, I think um, with the way the season has transpired, I think, you know, the future gives us hope. The future does give us hope. But as you just said, you know, this is a championship caliber program. And when you look at what Michigan State is dealing with in the environment that you're dealing with now in college basketball, what do you need to do in order to compete at a high level? That's the question, really, Ryan, if you want to be quite honest with yourself, Spartan Nation, what does it take to compete at a high level in this college basketball environment? And yes, you need to be able to recruit. Yes, you got to be able to coach in the survive and advance struggles that happened with the Big Ten tournament and, as far, and, and also with the, the March Madness tournament. But you need talent, man. And how do you farm that talent? Before, yeah, it was completely and explicitly through high school. Now it's different. You have two different options, I mean, you know, which, which we'll talk about later. With the transfer portal and also NIL, name, image, likeness. So, you know, those are the things that I think that Michigan State will need to close the gap. They will need to embrace in order to close the gap from that talent level because at the end of the day, only talent. You can be a great coach, but you got to have great players too in order to win the big one. No question. Talent has to rise above coaching. So when, just give me your, you know, end of the season thoughts. Did this team overachieve, underachieve? Um, were there surprises? Were there disappointments? You know, what was your take on the season overall? I mean, for me, the, the season is, is not um, something that you're go- we're going to be happy about because let's just call it what it is. They, they lost in the round of 32. You're judged by the banners that you can you can you have no Big Ten championships and you have no Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, none of none of that. So if you don't have that, then let's if we're a championship caliber program, you have to be honest with ourselves and search for the truth. The truth is, this is not a good season. It wasn't. You don't have leadership, you don't have the talent, whatever whatever the reasons are, this is not a good season. Now, yeah, did the guys fight? Yes. Did they show improvement did they have exciting moments yes all those things are true but no I don't, I don't think that we can sit back and, and lie to ourselves and say oh this is a successful season and if we have seasons like this over and over again everybody's going to be so so happy that's not true you have three guys that are seniors that that are contemplating coming back next year because they do have COVID years so we'll see how that plays out Brian but to me, I can't say that Michigan State had a successful basketball season. What about you? No, you know, I, I, I echo your sentiments. I don't think you can say the same thing as well. I think uh, where we, we started, I remember you and I in New York City in Manhattan watching them play Kansas. We looked at Coach Izzo's smile on his face. I remember you vividly saying you could just tell because we know Coach that, that he feels like he has a good team. And you, you saw this team rise to, I believe, his highest 10th in the country. And then you saw them tail off and run and, and have a very bad stretch where we lack the leadership, we lack the toughness, we lack the energy. You know, a lot of things that um, 
that are not talent related, quite frankly, that are not talent related. And so when you look at a lot of those things, you know, could you call the season a success by Izzo standards? Absolutely not. Um, when you look at the season, Jason, what would you consider are the biggest surprises of the year? The biggest surprises of the year to me are the, the, the lack of consistency in the Big Ten season. You know, you just you spelled it out pretty, pretty, pretty eloquently there. In New York, yes, we look at Coach Izzo on the sideline in New York, and he, was, he had that, that, that look in his eye like, oh, man, I got something here. But when they got to Big Ten play, something changed. And it's a grind at the Big Ten play. It, when you look at coaches who are able to succeed at a high level, sometimes they have to focus on the things that are right in front of them most versus trying to look at the whole aggregate picture. So what Michigan State needs to look at and focus on, in my opinion, if we could take this season as a micro and go backwards, is we got to win the Big Ten. Like There needs to be a huge emphasis on that for Michigan State basketball-wise in order to have the energy night in and night out on those crazy late-night Tuesdays in the middle of nowhere you got to find a way to bring your energy to the stadium and, and play at a high level, Cert, die for those loose balls, play great defense, and, and take like no prisoners when it comes down to it. You have to play all out when it comes to Big Ten play in basketball because there's no easy outs in Big Ten play. And we saw that once you start losing, losing becomes habitual. It's a habit. It's habit forming. And that's the last thing you want when it comes to basketball, and especially when you get into the survive and advance tournament style play that you're in right now. And because once that becomes a habit, you're out and you're done, Brian. That's that's what I say. What about you? I mean, I think the biggest disappointment for the year, probably, I would have to say, is was the leadership, because you you know as well as I do that uh, we've been watching Izzo teams for a long time, and the best. Izzo teams are the ones that are senior-laden, veteran-laden, have great leadership. And uh, I think we kind of lack some of that this year. Now, we have three potential seniors because of COVID or for whatever reasons could possibly come back. You got Hauser, Bingham Jr., and um, Gabe. Gabe, Gabe, uh, Gabe Brown. And if I had to guess, there's a chance that two of them could come back. I think, um, I think Gabe could come back. I think um, Hauser could come back. I, I see Marcus being gone, uh, but when I look at the year, I look and I, I just I say to myself, probably the leadership piece is uh, is the one thing that we're missing, and and sometimes you can't teach those things, you can't teach them. But um, you know, everybody knows that's the formula for a coach coaches those teams. So, I mean, when we look at like like where do we go from here, right? Where do we go from here when we look at this basketball program? And if you're going to construct this basketball program and, and kind of put this together, I think when we look at uh, the future going forward, definitely need a big man. Need a five. Right? You need a five. Uh, I think uh, A.G. Hogart has developed him, has um, positioned himself to be kind of the, the, the Mateen Cleaves, the alpha of this team, the leader. You know, when I watch him play, I see a lot of Mateen in him. Mm -hmm. I see he's got that leadership, that dog in him, that drive in him. I just see a lot of things in him 
that uh, that really, really make him uh, uh, could be a, a very special point guard in, in the ISO system. And I also look at um, you look at Aikens and Christie. You know they're they're really developing. I think Christie is going to have a breakout year next year. Quite frankly, frankly, I think it's going to be his last year. Uh, Aikens, I think, is better than they thought. Player. Oh, yeah, yeah, Aikens is better than they thought. Uh, Malik Hall's a stud, kind of tailed off at the end, but I think Malik Hall is going to have uh, could be really develop into something special. Tyson Walker can develop into something special. You know, what are your thoughts as it relates to uh, th- this roster going forward? I mean, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think all those points you made are correct, Brian. I, I think that talent-wise, you know, this is a team that that has what it takes. You need some big men. As you talked about Marcus Bingham Jr., he's a guy that may not come back, uh, but definitely a guy that you need some help with. We need length. We need size. We need strength. He was 132 pounds when he first got here. Yeah. And then now he's 164. <laughs> but we'll get him there. We got to get him there. Got to got to get them big boys in there, man. You know, like you know, Jaren Jackson. Give me an Ivan Drago type. Give me somebody seven four, Ivan three twenty. Nobody can move. Edie over there in a Purdue. Two foot hooks, two foot hook shots, sixteen boards, twenty two points. Has Izzo ever had a guy like that? I just want one of those guys. That's, that's what that, I want. That, that's what Izzo needs. Uh, plays six minutes, goes on a bench, gets tired. You know, you know, throws water bottles. Give me one of those guys, Coach. I know you like to. Can we know, get like, one of those guys, Jason? We gotta have one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. With the portal. Ivan and NIL, you absolutely can get one of those guys. Give me one of those guys. They're there. I want a seven foot four. Who don't want to play for Izzo? I, give me one of those guys to just clog the middle. They all want to play for him. I pound it. Give me that. I mean, that's don't really... let somebody don't don't let them guys in West Lafayette or you know Champagne. West Lafayette. Who the Champagne? hell wants to go to West Lafayette? Champagne, Illinois. Come on now, he, he recruits. Portals, portal guys. Michigan State Duke was the highest rated game this past weekend. Eleven point two million viewers. You want to come to a blue blood? You come play for Tom Izzo. It's that simple. You want to be prime oh, time and to be a national television? Come play for Tom Izzo. There's a reason why it was the highest rated game in in all the college basketball this this past weekend. Um, I guess the bigger question is going forward with the landscape of college basketball is you know coach Izzo's had a lot of his contemporaries retire you saw I mean Roy Williams is gone you saw um Krzyzewski's gone and and the game has changed and I guess the question becomes is will Izzo embrace the portal and NIL that's the question that's the million dollar question because adapt or die coach I love you you got to adapt or die. It's that simple. Wow. I, hey. love, you. I love you to death. I, 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 mean, I love that. I, lo- I love that statement, Brian. No, no, no. I mean, I, I lo- I, he's a, the, one of the greatest of all times. But this is where the future is headed. And I'm asking you. And I you, know what it I takes for you believe, to say that. I believe Coach will adapt. I do. For sure. I do. He's, you know, because Nick Saban's one of his best friends. Yes. He's seen Nick adapt over the years. So I think Coach will embrace this new way that college basketball is in co- college sports, the way that they're headed. Um, do you think that, Jason? Nick adapts, Izzo adapts. 
We had Mateen Cleaves on the show a few weeks ago. He said, coach is going to get there. He understands what it takes. If there, anybody has their ear to the street in college basketball more than Mateen Cleaves, please stand up. Please. He understands exactly what it takes in order to win another national championship. Because he's the one, if you can recall, that believed that Michigan State could win when no one else did, besides Tom Izzo. So it wasn't it wasn't Mateen alone. It was a tandem and Tom Izzo and Mateen Cleaves who believed in Michigan State and they went on to actually complete that task. So when you look at that and you say, Mateen, what do you think is Izzo going to get with the the new age, you know, the, this transfer portal and this whole – he said, yeah, he's going to be – look, you got to side with him. You got to believe in that because all it is for Tom Izzo, the greatest guy in the world, this guy can relate to anybody. Tom Izzo understands basketball better than most people on the planet, okay? If he gets his mind around – the fact that things have changed, because that's one of the hardest things for all humanity, is the change part. Very hard. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to change. Very hard. So when he gets past that and understands, like, this is the way it's going to be, and he wraps his mind up, look out. Look out. Look out, world. Look out, college basketball world, because once he does that, now you're going to see the talent at Michigan State that he deserves – and then he can coach those guys up the way that he needs to coach them up, the way that we know championship teams thrive, Brian. And they're going to hang more banners up in the Why are you pointing at me? Because, man, look at you, man. You because, back. because we're an interactive show, I just got I love it. I love it, man. You I got a tweet from Chief shirt. Propaganda. Do you guys want a, those Purdue seven-footers? Do, oh, man. Do we? The, the Chief's asking a question. Do we want Chief! those? Do we want those Purdue seven footers? Of course we do. IMG, all them places, man. I mean, that's where that one boy's from. Ivan Dragoff, you called him. He's like Yao Ming and Ivan Dragoff had a baby. <laughs> He's seven four, sophomore. Come on, man. Yeah, we need him. We need him. <laughs> Let's Come go on that, now. Go to that portal. Show Justin Thin's tweet. Show him. Show him. Show him. Two four seven. You know, Justin. Justin's a good friend of ours, and Justin's done a, done a hell of a job. Justin tweeted the other day about uh, Michigan State has reached out to West Virginia transfer short forward. What's it? What's SF stand for? Short. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my god, man! I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. Short forward. Yeah. I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. Okay. Jalen Bridges, small forward. Sorry. There we go. You know, who is in the portal, was a five, you know, is ranked as a five-star transfer. Is Izzo already working the portal? Do you have any intel on this? I don't have any intel, but if Justin says so, I mean, that's all the intel I need. Justin usually has pretty good intel. See, see, that's the thing about the 247 guys. I mean, they, they talk, they got the ear to the street with the players, not the coaches. You know, guys like me and you, we know what's going on at the institution level. And those guys are the tight-lipped guys. They don't want to talk. But the kids? Kids talk. Kids talk. Kids talk. And so they report on what they hear from the kids. And that's the ear of the street. Kids Quite talk. Quite frankly, Ryan. Now, I made a few calls. 
about this kid specifically. <laughs> you know, and here we go. And and Brian made a few calls, everybody. I'm you know about this kid specifically. I just gotta tell everybody how important I am. Yes, you do. So I gotta I gotta tell him. Just see if this is strong, somebody strong forehead. So they're they're thank you. Forehead looks great. <laughs> um, the name did come up. What I, name? I don't know how strong it is, but the name came up about um the short forward. His name came up. Small so, forward, bro. Oh yeah, small forward, sorry. His name came up, but Jalen Bridges is somebody that a lot of teams are very interested in. And then there's this other center. Let's go to Izzo's quote real quick. Izzo's quote that he told uh, Chris Solari. You have that real quick? Which is very interesting because, you know, last week I said Izzo will be buried under the Breslin. So Izzo on coaching peers retiring makes him feel, quote, unquote, old. Said he talked to Beeline and Antonio Shashevsky and Roy Williams and quote, I actually feel healthier and better now than I did three or four years ago. When the day comes, I start thinking about it on a serious note. I'll reach out to the guys. I think COVID had a lot to do with that. <laughs> He's on that treadmill, working out, bored as hell. I actually think Sitting home during COVID, getting COVID, getting some rest. I actually think that re rejuvenated coach. You I think really so? do. Absolutely. I absolutely think that's added a few years back on the coach's coaching career. Without we hope question. so. We I, do. You know, I think that when he looked at Mike Krzyzewski's win total, when he saw, like, man, this guy's at 1,200, and that question was asked of Tom Izzo, like, you know, what do you think about that? And he said, man, I, I think that he's been getting wins coming out of the womb. He's got more wins than I have practices. That's what you said, Coach. So when you think about that, you think about that. You can't say that the way that you said that without thinking about the long term. You're thinking like, hey, I got a, I got a ways to go to get to that level. And you want to catch – Tom is uh, – one thing about him, he's competitive now. He's not going to let a guy like Mike Krzyzewski just – run away with this thing and him just go away quietly into the night. That's not going to happen. Mike Krzyzewski no. can go ahead and retire. Doesn't mean that all, all of a sudden now Tom Izzo is going to retire. Not at all. Well, what are y'all thinking, man? Like, seriously. Not, okay, so one of his biggest competitors has now gone out to pasture. That's a very good question. Izzo time. I, I might have skipped over a part. Go back to the Izzo part. time. The That's portal part, go back to uh, Fardos, uh, Amek. Yes, there he is right there. So this oh, he's is, from Dearborn. A, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Well, I'm not, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, wait. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa. He's a tractor. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, go back to his name for a second. Go back to his name. Why is Fardus Amig from Dearborn? Oh, I don't. I, I have no idea, Brian. I see Utah State. I have State. no idea. That thought that was one of your cousins. <laughs> that ain't your cousin. We just seen him for for for, for lunch what, the other day. What's wrong with you? 
Come on now, man. We're all going to get fired. No, man. We're That's get, a man from Dearborn. We're going to get canceled. We're going to bring him in. We're going to get canceled. Because you got a Dearborn home. I love Dearborn. Are you telling me I got to reach out? That's your cousin. I got to recruit. Because this, this center's in the portal. $5. I'm told this center's in the portal, and he's Ooh, man. That's a he is hot to trot, and yeah. everybody is, is looking for uh, – everybody wants to talk to this Muslim brother. Now, tell know? me, tell me, tell me how this works. So, with Ramadan, you know, we work it backwards now. How, Ramadan's how, April 2. And so, no, I mean, during March Madness, uh, what, what happens? The same shit that happened on the spring ball. Oh, boy. Remember spring ball in 93? Oh, 20 years later, huh? No, no, no. 35 years later. 35. You're, you're running scrimmages fasting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, but that is a center that is highly coveted, that is in the portal, that everybody at Michigan State University, everybody associated with the program wants to target. And, and we're going to see. I'm not going to sit here and act and, and, and tell you that he's high on our list because there's a couple, listen, for those that are watching basketball recruiting, there's a couple things that have to happen first. You have to find out who's staying and who's going. And then from there, you determine what your needs are. And basketball is different than football. Football, you could have 300 guys all across the country. Basketball, you're going to narrow down five to eight or so. And depending on what your needs are, you're going to target. So the portal in basketball and high school in basketball it's completely different than football. So I think a lot of us can all agree in basketball, we, we want to think that we believe we need a five. We need a, we need a center. We need a strong forward. And, and this, this center fits kind of what we need. And I get it. Totally get it. But there's a process to this that's a lot, a lot, lot more difficult than all of us fans believe it is. So let's, let's just let the process play out, see where we land. And uh, there's a reason why coaches hung so many banners, and we're going to go from there. Uh, but uh, why are you saying he's from Dearborn? He's from Utah State. Man, listen, man, that's your cousin. That's not cool. That's, that's not, your cousin. You know what? That's your cousin. That's not don't, cool. Don't, don't play games. We know that's, that. That's just not cool. Let's go back to uh, – Go back to, you know, Brad Galley had a nice uh, our, uh, interview with Coach Ezra real quick. You got that, Alex? Listen, the, the biggest advantage I've got over everything that I do, and it's a blessing of being there a lot of years and a blessing of having some incredible, incredible guys. I mean, Magic called twice this week, and Steve Smith, and Mateen called on my way over here, and they call players. And everybody, the village is bigger than the staff. The villages, Paul Davis uh, uh, last week, you know, was texting players. And I think everybody, Draymond will. And, uh, you know, that's the cool part of uh, being somewhere a long time, having some success and having players go through both ups and downs. You know, Denzel, I still swear, that was one of the best teams we had. And we got beat by Middle Tennessee, you know. And uh, uh, so sometimes there's a reason. And sometimes, you know, we did everything. But the one thing I've learned, even at the start of this tournament, with a team like Rutgers or somebody else, don't lose your identity. You know, you have to defend, rebound to, to move on in this tournament and probably take care of the ball. There's a time this year we did two out of the three. In the last week, we actually took care of the ball. 
If we could put them all together, that's how you make a run. If we can't, we'll be packing our bags. You know, I'm not going to get offended. I actually texted him as well. Did he mention well, my name? I didn't hear here, my name. Here, here we go. I actually texted him to get... <laughs> he, you, he got, you texted his hoe? I did. To say you gave him the speech right there. I said you, you end, end it, finish him. And, you know, coach is diplomatic, loves Krzyzewski, but uh, said kids are getting where he wants them to be and playing well. And they played hard, man. They really did. But why didn't he mention me there? Did he mention me? I couldn't hear anything. No? All right. I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm shocked. I can't believe you didn't I'm mention gonna call him. him. I'm going to handle that one. I, I, I can't believe the Tom Izzo didn't mention Brian Masson. I'm going to handle that one. But you know what? Coach Tucker showed support at that game, though. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Coach Tuck was there in Greenville. Absolutely. It was a small Michigan State contingent there. Did. Absolutely. We got the video of him uh, with Coach. We don't have the video of him with Coach. How about the one where he's praising Izzo? We got that one? Mel Tucker opened his weekly press conference talking about March Madness, not football, particularly praising his friend Tom Izzo. Tucker says Izzo welcomed him in since day one. He's been really, really uh, special to me. We talk pretty much every day or at least text and I'm really, I'm really pulling, pulling for him, and uh, I mean, what a, what a treasure that we have here with, with Coach Izzo. You know, Coach Izzo and Tucker's relationship is pretty special because you've seen Tuck really involved in not only uh, Coach Izzo's uh, uh, basketball, but really all the other sports, women's sports, and he's, um, he's really embraced the MSU culture very supportive coach, always been there for coach, and I just love to see it. I think that, that that's a great testament to MSU's culture and, and what he's done as it relates to being so supportive of all the different sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that, you know, they have a special relationship. Tom Izzo gets the basketball, football connection better than any basketball coach, in my opinion, in the country. When you think about what Tom Izzo is, and you know, it goes back to the the era where he thought that there was a possibility that maybe he could be a football and a basketball coach. He's he's got that tough remember that. mentality. Oh yeah, I remember that very vividly. You know, out of Iron Mountain. I mean, listen, you know, from the UP, he went to coach both. Yeah, he did. He did. Could he have done it? Yeah. Don't lie. I think he could. What? Why? <clears throat> Tom Izzo. I think. I think he might be a better football coach than he is a basketball coach. I. I mean, he definitely built more for football than basketball. <laughs> There's no question. I, I, that's just my thought. You know. Uh, so, but but you, we have a great. Tell coach us about in, your in-depth analysis. Why do you believe that? So we have Mel Tucker now as a head coach at Michigan State oh, for so football. We're, we're very good. Oh, we're good. Okay. Oh yeah. We're good. Oh yeah, and we have. Tom Izzo is the head basketball coach for basketball. That makes us like triply, quadruply, quintuply as good. Yeah, so that, that's what I call synergy. We're good, baby. One, one plus one is three. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So what I'm telling you right now, Brian, all you got to do 
is just lean on that experience, lean on that support that you have with those two gentlemen right there who have been able to have success at a very high level recruiting X's and O's on the court, on the football field, and personal development with each of the players in their career. That's really what you're looking for. As long as the guys can, you know, you, you know who, who the guys are, you can help them out and make sure they do their job correctly, and then they can be great people as they go through your university and they leave on into the, you know, the economy and become great people in your community. Uh, I think that then you're doing the job that you need to do as a coach. And both Tom Izzo and Mel Tucker have been able to do that at a high level. I think that they have great respect for one another because they do do that at a high level, Brian. So what say you about these two gentlemen? I think they have a tremendous relationship, and it's built on respect. Um, it's built on trust. I think, um, you know, the, the way that uh, Mel – understands what Tom has meant to the university and to the program. Um, I think Tom not having an ego, like understanding how important football is to the success of the, the university and the halo effect. You know, I think that's the most important thing. When you look at the university as itself and, and every facet of the university and how Coach Izzo understands, you know, so goes football, so goes athletics. Not only that, I mean, Coach Izzo's involved in so many other things, being an ambassador. I remember one I, I remember one time the Orange Bowl committee came to a game, and he was out late at night with them trying to convince them to take us. And I, I forgot what year that was. And, and the amount of donors he meets with and just all the things that he does for Michigan State University that, you know, are not publicized. Nobody knows. Um, and I think Tucker sees that. Tuck sees that. Tuck has embraced it. Uh, Tuck has been very supportive of all other sports. And I think they make just a great team together. They absolutely make a great team together. You know, the shoving match they had in, in the hallway before the game, it's probably not something we want to talk about. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But they're, they're so close. I mean, I think it's just wonderful how close they are. I really, really do. And I think it only bodes well for Michigan State University. Um, just heading really into uh, did that Draymond Seth Curry. Did we skip that? That was a very interesting. The Davidson game, Draymond and Seth had a little, little, little debate. Did we have that, Alex? We... Hey, also, Chuck on TV picking Davidson. Come on, man. We Michigan State. It's actually a shame that Davidson stayed in this game. But Steph, we will see you showing up soon. With uh, with that with that Sparty costume on, I'm gonna order you a Draymond Green Michigan State jersey, or you can wear my Final Four jersey. Uh, I'm gonna send you what watch I want. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think when the you know when you you know two two uh, uh, NBA stars that played at uh, their alma mater are playing against each other, that are able to send out a video like that, tweet or whatever it was. I think it shows uh, great love and compassion for the university. But let's jump into uh, spring football recruiting update. What do you got for us, Jason? Spring ball is upon us, <laughs> and you and I both played the game. We both hated spring football. 
You hated, hated spring football. You always talk about oh, you hated spring football, hated. man. Ain't that it was sure? great. It was great for us, like thumpers, guys that wanted to G- guys like lay you that, some they wood. They want to hit, right? Who wanted to hit? Yeah, that was, oh, it was yeah. beautiful. Big, big beautiful. thumper like you, sure. Uh, see, you love that see, drill. See, that's that. You love that drill right there, that, didn't that, you? I, hey, don't get it twisted, Brian. Tell us how much you loved it, Jason. I loved it more than I loved breathing. <laughs> Eating too. I'll do it right now. Yeah. Right, right, right there. Close second. You yeah, know, so, so, so like what you talking about, you know, that bullshit you say. Let me tell you something. <laughs> 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 we are absolutely in the pinnacle of what, you know, thumpers like to do. Just, look at that. See all the people hitting? Coaches like, come on, hit them. Hit them. So we're like a weekend. And hit them. Any stand downs that you're. Recruiting. You're, Brian, this is not the recruiting time. We keep talking about this no, over no, no. and over again. We're you week. don't listen. This is not the time to recruit. We are still in shells, Brian. See that? You see that? So on who, film? So who's, shells. Who's shells, that? Brian. Be, be, stop. Talking, Besides Spencer Brown. Stop talking. Look. Who's Use your on? eyes and your brain. There are no recruits happening right now. Now, next week, we will talk about recruits, okay? Next week, Brian. Not this week, okay? We just spent. I'm tired of talking to you about this. Samson, you can't. You can't Okinawa. grasp. You can't grasp. You we can't, spent no. time with Matt and Sanker. Those guys, those guys are next week, Brian. Because we're going to have Joe a very Crocker special guest. Just had a visit. And Cap. Oh, Coach yeah. Cap's coming next week. Coach Cap. And we're going to talk Juice. all about you next we week, got the Cap. We're going to talk about you next week, Cap. We got the I don't care what Coach. he's talking about. This guy right here, he likes throwing everybody off. Don't listen to him. We got you next week. It's my white shirt. We got you next week. It's my white shirt. Spartan Dog for Life. So far in, 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 in spring ball. So far in spring ball, Who? we've had guys with pads on their helmets and no full gear, okay? We talked a little bit about it a week ago, decision-making and plays and footwork and hand placement and tackling techniques and all those things are happening right now, Brian. Those are the things that are happening right now, the things that the fundamentals that you need to play the game. But as far as that dog, we can't report on the dog yet because the dog has not been yet unleashed. That happens over the weekend. Then we're going to talk about it, okay? We're going to talk about this all next week as far as who is the dog that we should be tracking for the fall because that's what people want to know about. That's what they want to know. So basically, we don't want conjecture and bullshit. We don't want that, Brian. Basically, you're telling people we you, don't want that bullshit, Brian. You don't have an update. We don't. No, you Brian. Don't, you didn't you, go to spring you, practice. You are. You. You Brian, cannot Brian, tell us who has shined Brian the last week. Is let's just be bullshitting honest. you. I'm not. I'm asking the question. No, you're not asking you the question. You are the voice you're of Spartan you. football. You're bullsh- and I'm telling you. And as Do I've told you before, we have anybody that stood stop, out over Brian. last week. Stop, Brian. Spencer Brown. The way Pay the rules and in the NCAA, we have to follow NCAA guidelines, Brian. Okay. You don't want to follow them. We want to follow the rules. You want to just ignore things just like the I SEC. You want to ignore I everything. In SEC, NCAA I can't guidelines. Work with him. This is not correct. 
We have to follow rules in this country. So what we're going to do is, in this country, we're going to follow, which in itself is a racist comment, but racist. we're going to follow rules in this I, country. I Hold on. I am, I'm the furthest from racist. We're, we're going to follow Brian, rules Brian, in this country. We're following Jason, the rules of this clan. Do you have an update for spring football, yes or no? Brian, I have a great update. Tell us. Shut up. Keep moving. <laughs> okay. And I'm gay. Everybody... Do you have a recruiting Tell update? Him, shut up. Hold on. Shut the up. I, I'm trying to do my job. Oh, my God. That is you not your job. Do you have a recruiting update? This is not your job, Brian. Do you have a recruiting update? Brian? Okay. I'm going to stop. You know what? I'm going to stop. I just mentioned to you. I just told Brian, you. Stop with the, stop Joe stop, Brian, stop with the. Stop. Crocker was here. Stop, stop, stop. Madden Sanker was here. Nobody Samson, was, you know what? Onkalala was here. Do we have any hey, updates? Hey, Cap, we're going to talk about this next week, man. Cap. As we talked about already. Cap, we're going to tag you in this, Cap. You better Unreal. bring your A game next Wednesday, Cap. Um, we need to hear unreal. about all the O-line, everybody that you spent time with. This guy? I just. I mean. Unreal. Just Cap. Bring it. Next week, bring it, Cap. Bring the juice. Because the closed end of the horseshoe, third and two, on the minus 18, your old line's got to get that three yards, two and a half yards. So next week, bring it. Let's bring it. Before we leave you, we, we, we're going to start a very interesting segment, or try to at least. We're going to call it locker room talk. That's what we're going to talk. That's what we're going we're gonna to call it. And this ain't about politics. It's about events that are transpiring that, you know, Jason and I were talking about and we were just articulating of 30 years ago in, in a locker room that we were in, what would have been the talk as opposed to the talk today? And this is kind of, you know, a, a segment that we talked about just many things that we're, think, we're thinking about in the future, right? Like, where are they now segment? Um, but I think it's important that we're, like, real-world events of what's transpiring 30 years ago in the locker room that we sat in, how would they have been perceived as the way that they're perceived now? It's not a personal opinion. It's not the way we feel about anything. It's more about um, perception of the locker room that we were in to the locker room today. So, uh, God, I even hate to say this, but if you get offended, tough shit, don't get offended because this is, a lock, this is inside the locker room. It's the way we're talking. So, let's hit the first topic. First topic is transgender swimmer Leah Thomas wins NCAA swimming finals. This has been a discussion. Topic of discussion that has hit many social media platforms, has made many news outlets, and uh, Jason and I were talking about this. 1992, I'm sitting on my stool in my locker, and you're sitting on your stool, 79, and this story we're told. What's the reaction in our locker room? I mean, come on, man. Like, like. We couldn't fathom this story back then. 
But to me, like it, then and now, what I'm confused with is why why this is such a big deal. Like why 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 is there a controversy? Because it's very clear, shit ain't fair. You cannot. Every, every let's, just, let's just put this to bed right now, Brian. Aside from your choice to be whatever you want to be in this free country, choice, you live in let, let, we love please. it. We love absolutely do, support do, do whatever you want to do. Absolutely, we still have guidelines that we rules and regulations that we have to abide by. You know, we cannot take steroids and run track and field or play football or do any other thing. Forget Perform- all that, Jason. Performance enhancing drugs are illegal. Shit, track and field, you can't smoke weed no more and run track and field. Now, now you're going to tell me that it's okay? Now, I'm, I'm backed up by, 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 by my homegirl, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Bruce, fame, you know, formerly Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner, who said, this is some bullshit too. She, he, he, she said, he, she said, she said, this is not correct. This is wrong. And if you have any clear thought process, you would understand that this is not fair. If you're a born male, there are absolute anatomical gene, gene, genome, like chromosomes. The double X and the X and Y, babe. Those are the things. If you got if you're born a male, you have an advantage over the born females physically. So for you to jump from male to to the female sports, it's it's not right, man. It's not. But it's not what I'm asking you. So so look, so what what are you, Brian? I'm asking you, Brian. If we're sitting in a locker room in 1993, I, I, I don't care what you're asking. Because I got what, Robert Newkirk to my right. Robert Newkirk. I got. Hold on. I got uh, Ike Reese, Flozell Adams, Brian. And this story comes across that there's a transgender male swimmer ru- swimming in a female's race. How would the locker room have reacted? They would smack you because nobody's talking about that, Brian. Okay, what they would do that's all I'm asking is, 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 is do this and, say, and, and weigh the things out properly, Brian. That's what they would do. That's all I'm asking you. I'm, I'm asking. I'm telling How you. How would the locker room They would react? smack you, put you in the locker like they, they did before, <laughs> and say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to weigh this out traditionally and say, look, why would we have a, a, a born male going against a born female? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. Why would they smack me, though? Because you're, I'm, ask, you're, I'm asking you how our locker room would react. That's all I'm asking you. I, I'm telling you. That you're saying they smack me. What do I got to do with it? Because you keep on saying this, they would smack you. If, if you interrupted them while they were talking, they would smack you. So you're saying you want to smack me right now. <laughs> I'm saying that there's probably 200,000 people out there that want to smack you. Oh, that's more than that. There's more, <laughs> more than that. I, what, what I was wondering. Hey, and, what do y'all think? How many people want to smack Brian? In the context of our locker room, the story breaks. Remember, we, remember when we were in the locker room when the OJ story broke? Yeah. Okay. And everybody saw him driving by saying, that guy's innocent. After that, he didn't do I'm just, I'm, I'm just. That's playing. not true. 
I, when I was in the training room, That's not Sally true. Noble, I remember saying, he's a, look, he's driving that car, he's innocent. That's what I remember. That's not true. Okay, I'm just telling you what I remember. I know. So my skew, question was skew, not skew. how you feel, how the locker room would react. And you made it very clear that, I, I, that they would smack me. I don't know how many times me. I got to say it. They would smack me. Because you, you keep on forcing the issue. I'm not. I'm, for, I'm asking a question. Over and over again, that's forcing no, no, the issue. No, no. You're, that, you're, that's the definition of for, forcing the issue. You're forcing your personal views on us. I'm no asking personal you how the, lock, view how the locker room has would nothing to do with personal view. Nothing to do with personal view. All right. I'm talking about the locker room view. Okay, today's right. locker room, how would they react? A female locker room, how would they react? Huh. You tell me, Brian. I don't know. You would know better I, than I. Know, I don't. Why I don't, would I, know? I, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. You would know way better than I would. I, I don't know. I would have no. I, I would think in today's society, in a locker room, it's probably more accepted. I've seen a lot of. I've it's all a, accepted. That's not the point. I, no, no, no. That they, they were. That's I've, that I've is read, not I've the read point. A lot of stories of females upset that this. Uh, this is this not transgender the point. is 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 able to swim with them. It's not the point. It, it is all accepted. I agree. I accept it. I agree. Nobody's and, not going to accept it. In, in a female locker room, do you think the majority of them would consider it a competitive disadvantage? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's all I'm asking you. No problem. You're not gonna get can- you're not gonna get canceled. I'm just asking you. That's cool. I'm not afraid of that. That's not what I'm afraid of. No, no, I, I totally. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying to you what I, you're interrupting as you love to do. You love to interrupt when I'm trying to make I'm a point. Fun. And He's now 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 again. now you're saying that I'm worried about being. I'm He's not worried about that, Brian. Again. Brian, no, Why are you 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 are interrupting me. Why are you putting me down? You, you ask me a question, I'm answering it, and you interrupt. I gotta. So that you're the asshole, I a, sir. I got a tight white shirt. Why are you interrupting you're, me? You're the asshole. I have a tight shirt. Why are you interrupting Who me? Who cares? Uh, we, you um, always have tight shirts. Medium, okay. slim. <laughs> tight shirts, tight jeans. Okay. I got one more question for you. In our locker room 30 years ago, this is what we're talking about. This is inside the locker room. If they came across, we're watching TV, was ESPN around? ESPN was around. Yeah, yes. <laughs> ESPN was around. And Deshaun Watson signed a $230 million contract guaranteed with 22 women who have come forward and said uh, there was some, you know, some type of sexual assault allegation or inappropriate contact. How would the locker room that we grew up in, how would they feel about that? I mean, look. I'm talking 30 years ago. I know. I mean, 30 years ago, there were probably a lot less sensitivity around the subject yes. than there is now. Yes. A lot less. But, you know, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. You know, and when you look at the judicial system, it's what everybody has to follow in scenarios like this. I wish we had, I wish we had Brian's uh, Nostradamus that we had, you know, about. 12 weeks ago. I said I said Deshaun will never play in the NFL again. I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. He said absolutely. He's played his last down yes. but, in the but, NFL. But 30 years ago, and, I, I believe. Every, but today is harder than it was I, then. I agree. But, today is harder than it was then. And for him today to still be in play and getting a five-year, five $230 million, 
fully guaranteed. $230 million fully guaranteed contract. It's incredible. It's incredible. It, it, to me, what it says is, you know, if you if you have the talent, and, and this is there's been articles written about this. You have the talent, and you there's no solid evidence against whatever the whatever whatever the allegations are. Man, there's no video evidence. They're gonna make a way. It's it's very similar to the the wealthy in, in this country. People who are wealthy, you know, they, they, they find a way. And that's really what the O.J. Simpson thing was about. They find a way to navigate through the system because of the money and the influence that you bring when you have money. Talent like Deshaun Watson has, yeah, you look, look, I'm not here to say he did or he didn't. I, nobody knows. Either way, somebody's going to have egg on their face in this situation, Brian. Somebody is. So if, if he didn't do it and, and people are alleging that he did, then, then shame on the people who are alleging that he did and he didn't do it. But vi- vice versa is, the, you know, the, uh, the inverse of that is if he did it and they allow him to play, these, the victims are, 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 are horrified. And it's, it's one of those things where how, what are they to do? So when you look at big business of football and NFL – and what that stuff brings, man, I mean, they're going to move forward. It looks like they're moving with the Cleveland Browns, five years, $230 million, Brian. And what do you say about that? I will tell you, 30 years ago, if we're sitting around the TV and the story like this came about, a lot of our teammates, a lot of guys that we played with would have said, these, these women are just chasing money. This is absolute bull crap. 30 years ago. Nowadays, I think it's a lot different. I think there's a lot more um, sensitivity to to sexual assault, to the way women are treated. I think, you know, Deshaun sat out a whole year. Uh, I don't know how extensive the investigation was from the NFL and and how far that went. I think clearly they came up with the conclusion that that there probably wasn't going to be criminal charges. Um, I think they consider a lot more of how that affects the chemistry in the locker room nowadays than than maybe 30 years ago there's no question and uh it's just a different time i think it's 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 just a different time but i think it's so interesting that the way these incidents or these uh these things that have happened how they would be perceived when you and i were in a locker room to the way that they're perceived today And, and it's important for people to get perspective of that i do i really do and uh yeah i think that the 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 whole transgender discussion is a little different i don't think that the reaction in the locker room today is so much different than it would be before i think this is one of those topics that is going to be neutral all the way through i think that right now it's a little bit more sensitive in that they think that there's this there's this feeling this overarching feeling or sentiment that oh maybe it's okay i don't i don't think that the locker room before, during, or after, it will be okay with this. Not at all. I, I, that's that's my opinion. Not 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 even a little bit because of the competitive advantage that we all as human beings know that being born a certain a male versus a born female brings. There's a competitive advantage physically speaking. This is why we have. Male sports, 
female sports. There's differences there. So nothing against this decision, but absolutely against the ability to then perform athletically in a field where you were not born to be in because there is a competitive advantage. And there's several articles, several uh, studies done on this as far as science is concerned for physicality for human beings, male versus female, period. So 30 years ago when George Perlis told me, shut the F up, you don't even believe in religion? That has nothing to do with How would that male. be treated today? That's the, that, those are, that's a different topic, Brian. I swear. <laughs> I mean, are we getting more sensitive as a society? Well, what does is, what is George Perlis and your religion have to do with I love females? Because <laughs> I love George. I just want, you know, just all oh, because everybody's, everybody's so... Not, it's because the connect. locker room is the locker room is the locker room, no, and sensitivity. Yeah, but this is a little different. This, this is, is different. different. This is different. This is different. This These is different. Social no. issues. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 